to Myers Park United Methodist Church and Merry Christmas. We are still celebrating Christmas in the life of the church and we are so glad that we can be here together to worship God. Um, if you have worshiped with us all year, please let us know that you are here with either your QR code um, or the hospitality pads. Or if this is your first time, we are so happy to see you and we want you to let us know that you are a visitor and that you are with us today. My name is Pastor Taylor Fried Barefoot, and I am really grateful to be here with you all, and I'm up here with my colleague and friend, Nathan Arledge. It is a joy to be here on this Christmas Sunday to know that we continue this season, continue to celebrate the gift of Emmanuel, Jesus with us. Um, a great thing for us to do is to always journey together in our faith formation and studying and learning, and we have a wonderful opportunity for you to do that um, this coming Wednesday, January 3rd, at 11 a.m. and then 7 p.m. in person, uh, Dr. James Howe, he's going to be leading us on a conversation, the Bible in Gaza. You don't want to miss this um, important and needed conversation. We also invite you to be invitational. Think about somebody that you might bring with you to this conversation um, that we might continue to grow and learn together. And now let us continue to worship together.
Let us continue to joyfully draw our voices and our hearts together as we affirm our faith with the Apostles' Creed, which can be found in your bulletin. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he arose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Today we have the privilege of celebrating the sacrament of holy baptism, and now we invite Brittany and Reed Colt to bring their child William Reed Colt IV, and Rachel and Todd Hamrick to bring their child Samuel Reese. Brothers and sisters in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church. We are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through the water and the spirit. All of this is God's gift offered to us without price. So friends, on behalf of the whole church, I ask you, do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to renounce evil and repent of your sin if so, say, we do. we do. Do you confess Christ as your Savior, put your trust in his grace, and promise to serve him as your Lord? If so, say, we do. We do. And will you nurture these children in Christ's holy church, that by your teaching and example, they may be guided to accept God's grace for themselves, profess their faith openly, and lead a Christian life? If so, say, we will. And will you, the members of Myers Park United Methodist Church, include these families now before you in your care? Will you proclaim the good news and live according to the example of Christ? Will you surround these families with a community of love and forgiveness that they may grow in their service to others? And will you pray for them that they may be true disciples who walk in a way that leads to life? If so, say, we will. We will. Let us pray. Eternal God, when nothing existed but chaos, you swept across the dark waters and brought forth light. In the days of Noah, you saved those on the ark through water, and after the flood, you set in the clouds a rainbow. When you saw your people as slaves in Egypt, you led them to freedom through the sea. Their children you brought through the Jordan to the land which you promised. In the fullness of time, you sent Jesus, nurtured in the water of a womb. He was baptized by John, anointed by your Spirit, he called his disciples to share in the baptism of his death and resurrection and to make disciples of all nations. Pour out your Holy Spirit to bless this gift of water and those who receive it to wash their sin and clothe them in righteousness throughout their lives, that dying and being raised with Christ, they may share in final victory. All praise and honor to you, eternal God, through your Son, Jesus Christ, with you and the Holy Spirit, lives now and forever. Amen. William Reed Colt IV, 
I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. light of the world, go forth and let your light shine. Please stand for the reading of the gospel. The gospel reading is Luke chapter 2, beginning with the 21st verse. When the eighth day came, it was time to circumcise the child, and he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. <clears throat> when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout looking forward to the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God saying, Master, you are, dis you are now dismissing your servant in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, this child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed and a sword that will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped there with fasting and prayer day and night. At that moment, she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all, to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks. 
As you all know, Christmas Eve was this past Sunday, which meant from 8.45 a.m. until midnight, almost 5,000 people came into our building and worshiped with us. It is a really beautiful and wonderful day of worship. Uh, wonderful because there are so many people and we are always so grateful anytime that there are visitors or new folks that are in our congregation with us. But it undoubtedly feels very different than a normal Sunday because Christmas Eve is always an odd mix. Some folks are really happy to be there. It's one of their favorite services of the year, and they have made sure to prioritize being there for this high, holy day. But there are always some folks that are there out of obligation, whether it's because they feel obligated to come on church, to church on days like Christmas or Easter, or it's becoming a because a family member has asked them to be there that day. When everyone is gathering the service and the service is beginning, you can tell that there's some different feelings in the room. There are some people who have obviously been dragged there and they look bored and they're slouching in the pew, they're waiting for it to be over. While others are buzzing with hope and anticipation as the service is about to start. But on Christmas Eve, no matter why you came, or who made you, or if you wanted to be there, something really special happens, and the Christmas Eve services always seem to transform you. By the time that silent night begins, everyone has lit their candle. Most folks are singing, and everyone is willing to hold their candle into the air, as the lights dim and we all share a really sacred moment of singing together. We all might come to worship for different reasons, but the result and the experience of holiness remains the same for everyone. Today's scripture is a scene at the temple with people who are there for very different reasons. The Holy Family has traveled into Jerusalem because baby Jesus is eight days old. And on the eighth day, it is customary for Jewish people to present him at the temple for his circumcision and to offer a sacrifice. Mary and Joseph's devout faith brings them to the temple that day. We are then introduced to an old man named Simeon. The text says that Simeon was led by the Spirit to the temple that day. He had been promised that he would behold the Messiah in his lifetime. So, so Simeon shows up that day simply because the Spirit had guided him. There are people worshiping with us today that are Christians because one day the Spirit inexplicably brought them into the church and their life was never the same again. Simeon feels this nudge from the spirit and follows. Simeon immediately understands why the spirit had called him and he goes to Mary and Joseph. Simeon prophesies over Mary, Joseph, and Jesus, and we are told that he literally grabs Jesus out of their hands and holds him. It's probably turned into quite a scene at this point. I imagine that Mary and Joseph are exhausted. They are first-time parents. They are called by God into political upheaval, and all of this depends on the little baby boy that's in their hands that they are being charged to take care of. They have been all over the land in this first week. They've met with the Magi, the shepherds, all while being first-time parents to a newborn. And an impassioned old man meets them in the temple and delivers them a message. They are only eight days into this parenting gig, and they already seem to be used to strange things happening. So they welcome Simeon's proclamation as just the way things seem to be going for them. The Holy Family immediately recognizes that the Holy Spirit has brought them together, and they receive Simeon's message as a gift to them all. 
Simeon tells Mary, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Simeon confirms the reality of who Jesus is to the world, but also delivers what I imagine Mary fears the most, that a sword will pierce her own soul. She will experience the unimaginable grief of losing a child. She will not only be the bearer of God, but she will also watch him die. We are not told the inward thoughts of Mary at this point. We do not know the fear, the dread, the despair, the frustration that may have coursed through her veins as she contemplated the death of her baby boy. But she is immediately brought back into attention by the third character in this interaction, which is another elderly woman named Anna. We are told that Anna spends all day, every day, in the temple, praying and fasting constantly. She comes up to the Holy Family and immediately recognizes the importance of the moment that is shared between Simeon and the family. I think we know people like Anna. Perhaps you might be like Anna people whose entire field of vision is honed in on God's movement, people who are constantly seeking and contemplating God in all they think and do. Obviously, this does not mean you have to live at the church, but being the kind of person who wakes up and immediately gives thanks for the breath that is in your lungs, or maybe when you go to bed, you think of all that is good that has happened, that has come from God. The kind of people who seek God's counsel as they make decisions throughout the day. The kind of person who sees a rainbow or a butterfly and knows that all that is beautiful comes from God. Anna spends every ounce of herself seeking God and waiting for a moment like this. And she knows immediately what she has seen. And she too starts praising and giving thanks that the Savior is in her presence and knowing that he will bring redemption to Jerusalem. Mary and Joseph will never be the same after ha having heard the prophecy of exactly who their son is destined to be. They have already been told at Jesus' birth that they are parents of the Messiah, but this is the first time in the holy temple, the religious mecca of their faith, that Jesus' identity is confirmed. And not just by anyone, but by a woman who is in the temple each and every day. In Anna's 84 years of life, we can imagine that she has experienced many things, and she has witnessed important and spiritual moments in the temple. Yet she knows and recognizes the importance of the Holy Family's trip, trip to the temple on that day. These three sets of strangers' lives have been changed forever because of this holy moment. What holy moments have we too witnessed because of being in the right place at the right time and God moving? About a month ago, I had a really painful and frustrating interaction with an individual. I remember when the interaction ended, I was thinking, how can people be so unkind and so willing to cause pain to another person? The interaction had honestly broken me down and made me doubt for a little bit in the goodness of people. I was feeling pretty low about it, and, but I had a meeting that I had to go to. And I didn't want to show up with the pain that was on my face. So as I walked into the meeting, I was praying to God. And I noticed as I was walking into this coffee shop that there was a woman sitting outside. And as I looked down, 
I realized that she had a tattoo on her forearm, and I recognized that it was the shell that represents that someone had walked the El Camino, which is a pilgrimage through Spain. I felt in that moment the Holy Spirit nudge me to, ask and to, to stop and ask her about this tattoo. The moment I started speaking to this woman, her face lit up. She shared that even though she had walked the Camino years ago, nobody had ever stopped and recognized or asked her about it. And she began to tell me about this holy trip she had gone on. She spoke of the goodness of God, her love of the church, and she just emulated so much joy and peace as she shared this story. And that joy and that peace quelled the pain that I was feeling from that previous encounter I had had. I was so grateful that we shared that moment. I believe that God guided me to an interaction of healing and peace after being hurt and mistreated by someone else. I could have so easily ignored the nudge, decided it was weird to talk to a stranger about their tattoo, but I am so glad that I didn't. It is always worth listening to those nudges of the Holy Spirit. It's one of the spiritual practices that I envy the most in other people. There are those that are so good at following those nudges we get from the Holy Spirit. I know you've been around those type of people where they just always say yes to God, where they're always willing to stop and say, can I pray with you if they felt God place that on their heart? There's such holiness and vulnerability in asking someone, can I pray with you? But I have, in my experience, every time someone has asked me that question, I have always been grateful they have. I've never been embarrassed. I've never wished they hadn't. Yet, whenever I get asked internally, should I pray for that person? I am never courageous to say yes. I wonder how many times that I have missed these holy moments because of my fear of being weird or the moment feeling awkward. Simeon was there that day because the Spirit had guided him. Simeon had the courage to say yes to the Holy Spirit, no matter how strange the encounter may have felt or looked to others. And Mary and Joseph accepted the Spirit's movement and Simeon's gift to them. The Spirit, the Spirit had drawn Simeon to the temple that day, but Mary and Joseph were there because of their own religious devoutness. They were there that day because it was the right and proper thing to do as Jewish people. They did not consider themselves the exception to this religious practice, even though they were the holy parents to the Messiah. Now, it is hard to relate to the holy family, but I bet many of us have shown up to church many a Sundays simply because it's the right thing to do. But when you came, you experienced a holy moment. Maybe that was why you came this Sunday. Maybe why you showed up for a baptism or Easter or Christmas or Mother's Day or your grandpa's birthday. Maybe it's why you're here today. Because on any given Sunday, you do not know the powerful spiritual experience you may have but it might be something that happens in the sermon, the anthem, the prayer, or the organ notes that might break your heart open in a way that changes you. I shared with our music director, Dr. Hugh Floyd, a couple weeks ago that I had a worship experience like that during our lessons and carol service. I was in the chancel as usual with my responsibility to lead worship and my heart was broken open when the congregation sang the first Noel with the choir. I could not make it through the hymn at 8.30 without tears and then again by 9.45. By the 11, I, was, I said, surely I will not cry again. I've already sang this song twice. But um, I was yet again moved to tears, biting my lip, trying not to blubber so that I could continue to lead worship with you all. 
Sometimes just being in holy places, just showing up, the Spirit meets us in unexpected ways. Now, Anna, our third character in the story, she did not show up. She, because Anna was already there, she was in a constant state of seeking and searching for the movement of the Spirit and God's truth to be proclaimed. One of our church's saints who has gone to join the church triumphant was one of those people to me. He worshiped every single Sunday. He always arrived early and he worshiped by himself and he was always filled with so much joy to be in the sanctuary. He exuded gratitude. And then one Tuesday, we received the news that he had suddenly passed away. As a clergy team, we were shocked. We had all spoken to him just 48 hours ago. He seemed happy, healthy, and like always, full of gratitude. At the time, I was so devastated that his death had come so suddenly. I remembered thinking, I wish we could have known so that we could have said goodbye. But the more I thought about it, the more I realized how special it was that he was so faithful that he died at the peak of his spiritual health. He didn't have to find out that he was dying to worship God with more, more zealously. He was the kind of person who worshiped with God with zeal every single day. So the day that he happened to die, I believe he was already at peace. He was already seeking God. I can only hope that my faith grows to be more like his. This is the time of year that we think about all the ways that we should grow and that we should change. The ways that we currently aren't good enough so that we can make a plan to be better in 2024. But I want us to take a break from that way of thinking and I want you to hear this truth. No matter what you change, what you do, how you grow, there is one thing for certain. God's Spirit is going to be moving in our world and in our lives in 2024. And the good news is God's goodness did, shows up for every single person in this story. God shows up for the tired and ragged young family who are there just because it's the right thing to do. God seeks out and calls an old man to a space and a moment he never expected to be in. And God meets the faithful presence of an old widow with the gift of witnessing the presence of her savior after years of prayer and fasting. New Year's will convince you that you have to change your habits, that you're not enough, that something must change for you to optimize your life. But I am not going to tell you that you are only going to meet God if you show up every Sunday, but we would love to see you. I'm not going to tell you that you have to be perfect Christians who follow every single religious rite perfectly. And you do not even have to have powerful religious experiences and feel the spirit moving in your life in order to experience God. Because no matter what your journey of worshiping God looks like, God is going to meet you in 2024. God's love is available to you. God's grace will transform you. However you show up is enough. Thanks be to God.
Let us go to God in prayer. God of joy and hope, our hearts remain full of splendor and awe in this Christmas season. We sing praises as we cherish the gift of Jesus the Christ with us, Emmanuel. Our hearts are full with this news. Our hearts have been moved as well. We pray that through the gift of the Spirit that you will continue to move us, to use us, to take us to the places of the darkness in this world where Christ's light is needed to illumine hope and joy. Lord, in your mercy. God, we pray that we are strengthened by this season of Christmas. And as we move forward into the season next of Epiphany, that we maintain this sense of awe and inspiration to not revert back to our own fragility, but that we pray to be strengthened and lifted by the message and presence of your Spirit in our lives, to stand strong in the face of adversity, of troubles, and the darkness of this world, so that we might offer a different perspective, a different voice, a steadfast voice, a present voice that is strengthened by your Spirit. So we pray that you will give us eyes to see, hearts to feel, hands to serve, and ears to hear as you would have us do. Lord, in your mercy. Merciful God, we know many in our community are searching, longing, and aching to feel and see and experience your love. Forgive us when we are not the ones whom they find your love through. We pray that we will make room in our lives for the hurting, that we may offer compassion, that we may make room in our hearts to offer tenderness to those ailing with sickness, anxiety, grief, and despair. And we pray that you will make room in us to have your heart and not our own, so that all whom we encounter find in us you. Lord, in your mercy. God, we rejoice for the opportunities that we have before us in this coming year, that we might be able to see Christ often and frequently, to point to Christ, to offer Christ in every opportunity that we can, not for our own sake, but for the sake of your kingdom, O God. We offer this in Jesus' name, who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the line is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Church family, as we continue our time of worship by giving back our tithes and offerings, we want to say thank you for such a wonderful 2023 year of ministry and discipleship. And as the ushers come forward, we know that this work does not end in 2023. We continue to do this incredible work, and it takes all of us, and all of us giving joyfully and generously. So let us give with joyful hearts.
generous God, what a joy it is to give back to your work. We pray that we continue this coming year to be a faithful church who uses these resources well to reach into the places of the darkness of this world and bring your light. In Jesus' name, amen. as we look forward to 2024, know that we will encounter a God of love, hope, peace, joy, and a God that will continue to love and seek us into this year. Go now in peace.
sing. 